Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and today we're going to talk about spoof films, and actually one spoof film in particular. Um, you know, I mean, these things have been around really for as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, I remember as a kid watching Airplane, Airplane 2, uh, watching the Naked Gun series, uh, even watching the one that came out before that, uh, Police Squad, uh, which was on TV starring Leslie Nielsen and Police Squad pretty much morphed into um, the Naked Gun. If you ever uh, watch any of the Naked Gun films, they'll they'll say from the files of Police Squad. Um but this film, this film in particular, is one that, you know, I don't know if it really flew under the radar. I don't know if it's a film that, I don't know, people just didn't get or, or, or whatnot. Uh, this is uh, the 1984 action comedy spoof film, Top Secret, uh, written directed by Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. Um, Together they are known as Zaz, Z-A-Z. Uh, and these are the guys. These are the guys that wrote Airplane. They wrote Airplane 2. They did Police Squad. They did some of the Naked Gun films. They did a lot of other films like that. Um, but I really think, you know, out of some of those really early, you know, 80s kind of spoof films, Top Secret has to be one of my all-time favorites. Um, and I think the reason I like it is probably also the reason that a lot of other people really don't like it. If you think about it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. It's just, it's almost like it's zany uh, for, for the sake of being zany. Um, when you look at Airplane and, you know, you look at uh, Police Squad slash Naked Gun... You know, you kind of you kind of get what they're doing. You kind of get what they're making fun of. Uh, Airplane was making fun of those disaster films uh, that came out in the seventies. Um, you know, Police Squad, Naked Gun, kind of kind of making fun of like Dragnet, uh, kind of like those cop drama things. Uh, you know, and especially you get Leslie Nielsen in that as just the deadpan. You know, Frank Drebin. I mean, it's perfect. Um, but here's the thing: this one, it was kind of making fun of those Elvis Presley films from the sixties, the musical ones. I mean, he did like one or two a year, um, where it's just basically, I mean, these films really like the Elvis, those Elvis Presley films were an excuse for him to have Hollywood pick up the tab and just, you know, go to some exotic locale and have a really hot starlet by his side and sing and just hang out and have fun. Um, it also kind of made fun of those like World War II, uh, like the stuff you started seeing in the fifties and even 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 in the late forties, like those like World War II, like Cold War kind of thrillers, like spy thrillers and things like that. So when you think about that, it does make a whole heck of a lot of sense. Like you're combining like Elvis Presley musicals with Cold War spy thrillers. It's not really, yeah, it's like. You don't get it, but I don't know. For some reason, for me, it just works. Like I said, I found this movie from start to finish to be absolutely hilarious. And, you know, one of the things is, is when you look at uh, a lot of these earlier, actually any spoof film that you look at, I mean, they're really kind of of, they're really kind of like a reflection of or really kind of almost like a timestamp for when they came out. Uh, you know, you look at like those airplane you know airplane airplane 2 um a lot of the jokes in there are very very dated um 
as a kid, you know, I obviously I got them. And of course, you know, watching them now, you know, remember in that time period, the late seventies, early eighties, you know, I get it. I get the jokes. Um, yeah, but even when you watch like spoof films nowadays, uh, the other day, the whole family, we sat down and this is one I had seen a while ago, but my wife and my daughter actually hadn't seen it. Not another teen movie. Um, you know, making fun of, you know, those teen films that came out in the late 90s and early 2000s, uh, starring a, uh, an unknown guy, uh, Chris Evans. Don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, but again, you know, a lot of the jokes and a lot of the stuff in that is reflective of the time. Um, I kind of find with Top Secret, you do get a little bit of that. You do get a little bit of the dated jokes. But overall, I think they're really spoofing the genres that they're looking at, like those Cold War spy thrillers and the Elvis Presley films. And just they're just spoofing on things to be really, really funny. So I, I kind of find that, you know, yeah, you get a, a few dated jokes in there. But for the most part, you just get silliness and wackiness. And, you know, the thing is, my daughter saw this film. She saw it a while ago. And... I mean, she loves it. She thought it was absolutely hysterical. Uh, and to me, that's a pretty good sign because she wasn't constantly stopping and turning to me like going, I, I don't get it. Like, what are they talking about? Because they weren't making references to like, you know, the early 80s, like not not that much of it. And some of the things that they did do were kind of historical things. So she she kind of like she really picked up on it. Like I said, overall, it was just it was funny and silly for the sake of being funny and silly. And I think. I think maybe that might be the reason why people just didn't get it because you watch Airplane, which is very, very funny. It's, you know, it's like I said, it's spoofing on disaster films and, you know, the jokes that they make and all the cameos that they have, you know, it really, really works. Then you come out with this, which really has no cameos in it. I mean, Omar Sharif is in it in the beginning, Um, you know, and it's just this mash of, you know, it's like, Elvis Presley becomes, you know, a Cold, a cold War spy, you know, behind East German lines, basically, <laughs> uh, is what we're getting here. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people would be like, I just I just don't get it. But I got it. I got it. It's, it's, it's a chance for, you know, like I said, Zaz. It's a chance for them just to be flat-out funny and hilarious. Uh, another big reason that I love Top Secret is its star, Val Kilmer. Uh, Val Kilmer, this was his very first film, uh, fresh out of Juilliard, uh, and at the time he was one of the youngest. Um, he was one of the youngest uh, actors, I believe, to go there at that time to be accepted into into their prestigious uh, acting program. Um, that's the thing is he wasn't really known as like a comedy kind of guy like that. That just wasn't his thing. Um, and you know, it goes that. Um, you know, the directors saw him like in a play, uh, starring opposite Sean Penn and Kevin Bacon. Uh, they were kind of impressed with what they saw. He showed up to the audition dressed up as Elvis Presley. Uh, clearly he wanted this role. Um, so like I said, he plays Nick Rivers and Nick Rivers is essentially, you know, he's a fill in for Elvis. You know, it's, uh, if you ever, like I said, if you ever watch any of those Elvis films that he did, it was basically, you know, Elvis playing any kind of a role, uh, there was one where he was a boxer. There was one where he was a cowboy. There was one where he was a surfer. There was, you know, pretty much. And he would just show up somewhere, solve everybody's problems, and sing a bunch of songs. Well, Nick Rivers essentially is like the latest, greatest musical craze from America. And, uh, you know, the premise of the film is 
uh, we see uh, in East Germany, the East Germans, uh, and and we're just going to assume pretty much the entire like Warsaw Pact. Uh, they're pretty much planning to destroy the entire Allied fleet. Um, you know, they have this thing called the Polaris Mine, which is a, a giant magnetic mine. Which, when the um, Allied fleet pla- passes through the Straits of Gibraltar, uh, you know they'll they'll just be susceptible to this Polaris Mine. The the entire Allied fleet will be sunk, and the Warsaw Pact. Uh, you know, the the East Germans, all that they'll be able to rise to power apparently. But the thing is, is they need a distraction. You know, they 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 want uh, you know, almost almost kind of like a weird alibi. They sort of like want the. Um, they want the eyes of the world kind of like looking at something prestigious that they're doing while this very heinous act is going on. So they're having a cultural festival. And the thing is, is originally, um, I believe it was supposed to be, you know, and they don't say who it is. I, I think it was supposed to be, oh, it was supposed to be Leonard Bern, because Leonard Bernstein, famed American composer, Leonard, Leonard Bernstein was supposed to show up. He had to cancel. So instead you're getting Nick Rivers. Uh, and like I said, Val Kilmer, is amazing in this role. Uh, he kind of plays almost like a little bit of a, like a lovable buffoon. You know, he's uh, you know he's the hero. We know he's the hero. He's he's the very handsome hero. I mean, this is you know, like I said, this is his first time on screen. You know, and if you see his movies back then, back in the eighties, I mean, Val Kilmer was a good looking guy. Um, so he's your handsome lead guy. Uh, you know, he's your Elvis Presley type. Hey, but you know he's a little clueless at points like almost you're almost sort of wondering is he really going to save the day because i don't know if he's got what it takes to do it but you know he does save the day uh and the reason he saves the day is of course he meets a beautiful girl you know if you're going to do an elvis presley type film you gotta have a beautiful girl for your musical lead and um the woman that they cast and i gotta look her name up because i really honestly beyond this uh i really don't know what she did. Uh, the actress's name is Lucy Gutteridge, and she looks. She's kind of got a very like classic like forties, like thirties, forties Hollywood starlet look. Um, she's kind of got like maybe a b- little bit of like a Lauren Bacall or a. Um, Oh my gosh, I can't think of her name, the one that was in Casablanca. But that's the kind of look they're going for. They're kind of going for that look. Uh, And she plays uh, a young East German girl uh, whose father is this scientist that's being held captive to to develop the Polaris mine. Uh, You know, Nick sees that she's in trouble. Of course, she's a beautiful girl. He's going to help her out. And he pretty much gets, he pretty much gets caught up you know, in this resistance against the East Germans. And it's the French resistance. So they're pretty much it's like, okay, it's it's 1984, but World War II is still going on. Like, the, the French are trapped behind the, the East German lines, and they're, they're going to... And I think that's what really throws people off about this film. But you know what? It's, it's just so funny, and it's just so insane. I mean, I think that's why I love this film so much. But like I said, uh, you know, Val Kilmer as Nick Rivers, you know, he is a singer, first and foremost. And Val Kilmer himself sings all the songs. All the songs you hear Nick Rivers singing throughout this film... Uh, it's Val Kilmer. Um, the film opens up uh, when they the East Germans discover that Leonard Bernstein can't attend. Uh, we have Nick Rivers, and they play his latest hit, Skeet Surfing. Um, you know, and and the funny thing is, you know, it's uh, I know way back when they actually had a soundtrack album, which was mostly these songs that um, 
Val Kilmer sang throughout the film. And I used to have it, and I don't have it anymore. And looking on Amazon and eBay, I can't find it. Uh, I've looked on Spotify, Pandora. Like, I cannot find these songs. But for some reason, it's like I've seen it so much, and they really, really stuck with me so much. Uh, I really actually kind of almost have them memorized. And um, not too long ago, about a month or so ago, uh, Diana and I went to East Coast Comic Con, and we had a chance to meet Val Kilmer himself. He was making an appearance there. Um, we we signed up to get a picture with him, and I kept telling Diana, I said that either a you know, I was going to ask him to sing Skeet Surfing, or B, I was going to sing it, like, as we kind of came in to meet him, like, I was going to sing Skeet Surfing, kind of under my breath a bit. She's like, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. You know, I was teasing her. I mean, there's no way I would have done that. Um, but we did get to meet Val Kilmer. Um, we didn't realize it at the time. Uh, I actually found out a, a few days later, and I think a lot of people did. Um, he's recovering from treatment for cancer. I believe it was throat cancer. Um, because when we saw him, we were really kind of taken aback. Like he, he did not, I mean, he was very cordial. He was very, very nice. He shook our hands. He said hello to us. Um, his handlers though, were really, really rushing people through and kind of like, you know, it was, you know, late spring, early summer. And yes, we're inside a convention hall. I'm sure the air conditioning was on. Uh, he was kind of bundled up in a jacket and a, and a scarf a bit. And he just, he didn't look well. We were kind of puzzled by this. But then, like I said, I read a few days later that he, he's been recovering from uh, treatment for throat cancer. So really explains why. But like I said, he, you know... And knowing that now, you know, I think he, like I said, he was very polite to us. And, um, and I, and clearly, I guess, you know, he, maybe he just didn't have the stamina to really kind of engage with fans, you know, and there were long lines. There were long lines to get pictures with uh, Val Kilmer. And I think the handlers just kind of wanted to rush people through and didn't really want to stress him out in any way, shape or form. Um, it was really, really nice to meet him. You know, it's, it's, it's really great when you get to meet your heroes, but I kept teasing her like really literally until we walked through the curtain, I was humming it. I was humming skeet servant. And she's just like, don't do it. Don't do it. I'm like, no, I can't do it. I can't do it because we'll probably get kicked out. So, no, no, I did not do it. But yes, I did get to meet Nick Rivers himself, Val Kilmer, and that really was a treat for me. But we are talking about his first film ever, Top Secret. And like I said, he sings all the songs in it. Uh, he he performs in the cultural festivals, so he sings um, he sings a song called "How Silly Can uh, How Silly Can You Get." Which is a really, really catchy tune. Yes, it's wacky. It's funny. Uh, he does sort of like this romantic ballad called um, One More Minute With You, which very recently, just cruising through YouTube, I saw Weird Al Yankovic sing it. Um, and kind of like, he kind of went through sort of like the stage performance that um, Val Kilmer did uh, in the film. Not to the extent that Val Kilmer did, because basically he's uh, singing about a girl that left him. And at first he's saying that it's no big deal. He really doesn't want to spend any time with her. Here's all these horrible things he'd rather do than spend one more minute with her. But he, he really realizes in the end that he loves her. And, you know, when you watch Top Secret, you know, you see him. He's trying to stick his head in an oven. He's putting a noose around his neck. He's laying on these railroad tracks. Weird Al kind of does something like that in his video. Um, and he really, Weird Al kind of almost sings it with the same kind of like cadence and tone that um, Val Kilmer did. So that was a really nice. It was a nice treat. It was a nice homage. Um, 
Speaking of homages, you know, my dad, my dad is, uh, you know, he he loves watching movies. Of course, older films, you know, when we talk films, he talks about the stars that he knew growing up, growing up, and, you know, he doesn't really care for most films nowadays. Um, I had seen this film with him uh, a while ago, and I was really, I wasn't sure, because I thought uh, it might be a little silly for him, uh, you know... Yeah, he did like Airplane. He thought it was very, very funny way back when. Uh, I really didn't know. I really didn't know what his reaction was going to be. He actually enjoyed it a lot because he said it's like it was perfect. He was like, you know, it was sort of like a funny send up of the Elvis Presley films that he knew growing up as a kid. Um, He wasn't a big fan of those films. He thought they were absolute garbage. And he said it was kind of nice to see him getting sent up like that. Um there's a couple other songs that he sings. Uh, he sings this one called one song called straight in the rug when he has to prove, uh, you know, the French resistance, of course, you know, since he recently joins them and they're betrayed, they don't believe that he's really Nick rivers. Uh, and so he's sort of like in this East German pizza hut, or as they call it, der pizza house. Uh, and it's almost like a scene straight out of uh, an Elvis film called GI blues, where Elvis sort of, it's sort of like Elvis is sort of playing himself. If you, if you know anything about Elvis way back when, you know, he was drafted into the army. He spent time over in Germany, uh, two, three years, uh, before coming back. And in the film GI blues, he kind of plays like a very popular American singer. It's pretty much the story of his life. There, uh, goes over, you know, to serve in Germany, uh, you know, in the army, tries to fly under the radar. Uh, people don't believe that he's really this famous singer. And then, you know, he performs at sort of like this German club. And that's what we get here. And he sings a song called straight in the rug. He dances. I mean, it's, it's a very, very funny film. Like I said, um, the cast of this film, I mean, these people, you really don't know, but they are all funny. When you meet the French resistance, it is hilarious. My, my daughter loved that. She loved meeting the French resistance. Deja vu, latrine, croissant, and of course, her favorite, chocolate mousse. Um, I mean, again, it's so wacky. It's so silly. It's so far out there. You're either going to love it or kind of shrug your shoulders and scratch your head and say, like, what? What are they doing? <laughs> is it World War II? I don't get it. Um, like I said, overall... I think this is probably one of the better spoof films out there, really because they didn't try to make jokes specific to that time. They really just kind of made fun of the genres they were looking at. You know, Elvis films, Cold War spy films, and a little bit about the tensions between East and West that were existent back there in in the early 80s. Um, and, And I think it's just, you know, again, if you're watching a spoof film, you're not really watching it for the plot or anything like that. You know, just enjoy it for for pure comedy for the fact that they took a lot of risks they took a lot of chances like i said mashing up elvis presley with spy films uh set it in east germany present day but have the french resistance there fighting the east germans um i I mean just enjoy it just enjoy it have fun with it It is a great great film and if anybody has a soundtrack out there (laughs) please let me know reach out to me on instagram like i I really would love to have these songs like, you know, 
on my phone uh, to kind of like play them as I'm driving or, or exercising or something like that. Because they're, I still to this day, I remember most of them. I can almost sing them word for word, but I'm not going to torture you guys. I am not going to sing for you. Don't worry about it. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff you don't need to know is there. I post pictures about the stuff that I talk about. I'll throw up a poll there every once in a while. This is Jay, and I will talk to you guys later.